Blog Talk Radio. Stand by, please. Praise God and welcome to Live Deliverance Internet Radio Ministries. I am so grateful for so much positive email with the data that we have here on the database. And it is a blessing for people to tell me thank you for speaking the truth. I got 187 emails, and I thank people for that. I'm not about politics. I will call both parties out. I don't like racism. It's a demonic spirit. I don't like no spirit, but the racism, that's the one that I encountered throughout my whole life as a child. And you may say, how can an African-American that's light-skinned go through racism? Because when I was in high school, the white school teachers say, those dark niggas, we'll treat you like us if you uh, don't hang with them. I said, I'm one too. And they treated me just like them. See, I I done been through it, okay? And I'm grateful that God has put this desire in my heart to try to make change in society. I thank God for Martin Luther King. That's who really inspired me. I was very inspired by this Baptist preacher fighting for equal rights. That motivated me. In white America, they say that the Black Panthers was communist, which was never was ever. And this is why I got into and how I am. I'm molded. I thank the Lord Jesus that I had to go through a lot of deliverance from being discriminated against. I thank the Lord for, for this brother in Finland who really did the deliverance as the love he showed me. And that really brought a lot of healing to me. And I began to see that God loves all of us regardless of what color you are. I didn't start pick up the Bible until I was 34 years old. So when you see me doing these things, I am doing what's motivated from my heart as I feel God gives me letters to do. Now we're going to talk about marriage, which... Most of us have never, ever encountered or even saw properly what a marriage is because I hate to say that my mother and father never told me anything about marriage in the Bible at all. I never learned it from the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, I learned the hard way. And I pray that this seminar will be a blessing to you, whoever you marry. God doesn't care about mismarriage. Love is love. I'm not a racist person. In Numbers chapter 12, Moses married an Ethiopian woman. Love is love, as long as there ain't no two men or no two women coming up in here. But love is love. And when you don't know the tools and the understanding of this great mystery that you want to uh, involve yourself in with the person who you say you love, and there's three types of love. There's eros, agape, and uh, fleshly love, arrows, agape love, and and uh, fleshly love. And the agape love is the love of the father. The arrows love is the love the husband and wife have sexually. The fleshly love is friendship love. And we haven't been taught anything about marriage according to the Bible. I know I haven't been taught. So I want to start off with a prayer, Lord. I come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth through this teaching that you have put in my spirit to teach. I take authority over all 
spirits that's trying to hinder any race of people, whoever they marry. As long as they're born again and saved, Lord, we bind every demonic demon that's trying to break up any marriage. And, Father, I pray that this message is going to be a blessing to those who are married and to those who are not married. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Authority, one must be under authority. It is the principle which governs relationships within homes. When the husband is under the authority of Christ, he has the authority of Christ. When the wife is under the authority of her husband, she has the authority of her husband in the home. But if the chain of authority is broken at any point, then authority is break down in the home. Here is the major problems of many homes today in America and in other lands that is a breakdown of authority because one of the link in the chain is out of place. Either the husband is not subject to Christ or the wife is not subject to the husband. Often both are out of place. This results disorder and disharmony and rebellion. There has been a great deal of teaching about submission of the woman in the home. Many Christian women resent this teaching because they feel it implies that they are inferior. But this results from a basic misunderstanding of the husband and wife relationship. Jesus says three things about his relationship with the father all of which apply equal to the relationship of the wife to the husband. For he said, I and my father are one. In John 10.30, there was complete unity between Jesus and his father. Being one with the father, Jesus was also equal with the father. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, tells us that he had divine right to be equal with God. He was God. And he also can manifest that in Genesis 126. And God says, let us make man in our own image. In the same manner, the husband and the wife are one. The Bible tells us that they are one flesh, according to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. In Matthew chapter 9, 19, verse 5 and 6, one part of one's flesh cannot be inferior to another part. One part of one's flesh cannot be inferior to another part. All of one's flesh is equal. The place of submission of the wife to the husband in no way implies inferiority. For the scriptures clearly indicate that God considers the husband and wife as equal in the body of Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. The second thing that Jesus says about his relationship to the Father was that God, that God, pay close attention to this, then all men should honor the Son just as they honor the Father, John 5, 23. The Father himself has honored the Son by placing the entire creation 
under his feet. That's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. The Father's delight to honor the Son. That's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. He desires to lift him up and have all things placed under him. There is never a word about the Father putting down his Son or trying to take more honor than his Son. It is the Father's desire to honor, promote, and establish Jesus over all creation. The attitude of the husband to his wife should reflect that of the father to Jesus. I didn't know any of this when I got married. None of this I knew. And I'm quite sure a lot of people out here are saying, oh, my God. Because we haven't been taught scripturally about what the Bible says about the family, home, and marriage. And I'm trying to implement that. The attitude of the husband to his wife should reflect that of the father to Jesus. The husband should delight to honor and lift up his wife. He should do everything in his power to make her feel respected, honored, praised, and esteemed. God, the father, will not tolerate any sight of indignity offended to Jesus. Much less, much less give one authority, the attitude of the husband toward his wife should be precisely the same in love. The wife should not need to seek her own honor or establish her own position. The husband should do this for her. In this way, all stigma of inferiority is removed. And that's not happening. And I didn't do this. Some of you married people. The devil tells you, oh, I'm getting 30. I got to marry. I get a lot of women call me for that. I get a lot of women call me, uh, I got to find somebody. No, you just need to wait on the Lord because I, I, well, I need to get married. I'm, I'm getting a certain age. I done got caught with that. I wish I would have known what I'm saying. I really wish I would have known that before I got married. What would happen if we men consistently treated our wives in this way? In most cases, they would gladly and willingly acknowledge our headship. They will no longer desire to fight for recognition or independence. In Hebrews 1 verse 3, the writer tells us that Jesus is the brightness of his Father's glory. In 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 7th verse, Paul tells us, that the woman, wife, is the glory of man. He, again, there is a parallel between the relationship of God the Father to Jesus and the relationship of the husband to his wife. The Father reveals his glory in the person of Jesus. The husband reveals his glory in the person of his wife. If a wife is riskful and secure and content, it brings glory to her husband. It shows that her husband is treating her as he should. But if the wife is bitter, resentful, insecure, it brings dishonor to her husband. 
it shows that he is failing in his responsibilities toward her. A well-known preacher, let me say something that I encountered, was once asked if a certain man was a good Christian. He answered, I don't know. I haven't met his wife yet. I'll tell you after I've seen her. When you see the wife, you'll know what that man's doing. You'll know if he's loving the life Christ of the church. If she don't want to be around him and just playing the game, you'll see straight through that. And this happens every day. Women get so suppressive. They whip this man. They know that he didn't commit adultery. They know what you done done. Second Peter 2.14, go put a curse on your children. Now, not all men are like this. I'm just using uh, these examples. So when the woman is nourished by the spiritual guidance of the father through the husband submitting to Jesus, I'm quite sure the Lord will teach him to be gentle with his wife. Jesus is married to us as the body of Christ. Therefore, he told Paul, ye which are spiritual, restore one in the spirit of meekness and gentleness. Consider thyself, lest thou shall be tempted. Galatians 6.1 This brings us to a third face of the Father-Jesus' relationship. Jesus says, my Father is greater than I. That's in John 14.28. He is an apparent paradox. That's what it is. You are listening to a paradox. Here is an apparent paradox. Jesus is equal with the Father, yet he says that the Father is greater. It is said of Jesus that he did not regard equality with God, a thing to be gaps. In Philippians 2.6 in the NASB, he did not fight for recognition or authority. <coughs> <coughs> but willingly submitted himself to his father, I'm sorry, and allowed his father to fill all righteous plates of headship. By remaining in submission to his father, Jesus maintained the unity within the Godhead. And the Godhead is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, Colossians 2.9. If he had left his voluntary place of submission, the unity of the Godhead would have been broken. Likewise, even through the wife is one with the husband and therefore also equal with him. God calls on her to submit herself to her husband for the sake of the unity. In order in the home, if she refused, there will be a breakdown of unity in the home and Dishonor will result. Thousands of happy Christian wives will testify that the place of protection and covering under the authority of the husband is indeed a God-disgraced place and security of peace. And it make a woman not want to deal with that. So you need to get a man who, uh, who understands that if you are the authority over the woman, that don't mean she's no slave. Come on, have sex with me. It's right back. Come on, give me some. No, you don't submit to that. Don't nobody talk to you like that. It's done in wisdom. Is done with the peace and the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. You know, this, this muncho thing, uh, that's a misconception of a husband. God, boop, 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 this is my house. Boop, 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 I feed you. That, that, that ain't working. That's a human being. 
And when you talk to your wife like that, you're talking to yourself because you won. However, this place tremendous responsibility upon the wife. It means that no man can truly be head of his home unless his wife yields to his authority. No head can function without a neck to hold it up. And no man can truly be the head of his home without the voluntarily submission and support of his wife. What happens if one of the partners fails to fill his ordained place in the home? Does the release the other partner from responsibility? No. The ultimate responsibility of each partner is to God, not to the other partner. Each has a place of obedience to take before God, and the conduct of the other partner does not change this. There were other uh, substances when we find ourselves not in harmony with the Holy Ghost where disagreement comes. And the Bible says, how can two come together unless they agree? Amos 3.3. So when that barrier is broken, this male authoritative, leviathan, deceptive, uh, control, verbal abuse, that is not a godly husband at all and you shouldn't submit to anything like that in the new testament the same principle is dramatically illustrated in mark chapter 9 verse 20 through 27 where the father of a demon infected son came to jesus imploring help for the child he said to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus immediately returned the responsibility for the child upon the father and says, if you can believe to him who believes all things are possible. The child's deliverance hung on the father's faith. A father has both the right and the responsibility to believe for his healing, for his children, and for his wife. If the father breaks rank with the obedience of the Holy Spirit and bring division and bring carnality and bring sin and bring adultery, you have broke the link. When the father or the wife will go out, and sleep with another man or woman. If he's a, a, the, the husband, he goes sleep with a woman. Now he didn't put curses on his children, 2 Timothy 2.14. Now all the demons that's in that woman that, that he didn't got from her from transfer of spirits through sex, go back with his wife and bring them same demons from the other person he don't even know. Most of the hearted spirit with rebellion, rejection, most prostitutes that never had a father. Uh, all these spirits go in with that if he go on a call girl or getting someone on the side, it don't matter. They're still demons. That breaks disharmony in the chain and the cycle of peace within the community of both husband and wife. The one and hardly thing that we need to understand is submission is created by God and God alone. The second office given to every father by God is that of the prophet. He is to represent God to his family. A father does this whether he realizes it or not, whether it is good representation or not. Most people involved in counseling or working with children will bear witness to the fact that all children from their basic 
impression of God from one source, their father. Is it any wonder so many of your youth want little or nothing to do with God because they never saw through their father? I see so many young children, even in Jamaica, even in here in the United States, babies making babies. That means that the mother and father did not know the Bible. Probably was born out of wedlock, which is the bastard because it's a cursed thing. Deuteronomy 23, uh, 2 and 3, a bastard shall not inherit the congregation of the Lord, not even to the 10th generation. You have to break that curse if you married out of a bastard. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God will forgive thee, and God will turn a curse into a blessing. Deuteronomy 23, 5. So when you disharmonize and go get deceived by Satan to go drink or to the devil pull you go on, go have a drink get away from her these are the ways that the door will begin to open to a divorce because once them demons get in there satan hates a marriage because that marriage is the relationship that christ is supposed to have with us as so-called christians not the evangelicals we ain't talking about the dixocrats and the slave whoopers those are those are uncircumcised christians who have the spirit of christ but not by the law. They're under the law. They're not under the spirit. The Lord revealed that to me. The third office of a father is his home, is that of the king. As a king, the father is required to govern his family on behalf of God. In describing the qualifications of a leader in the church, Paul facilitates that he must be one who rules his own house well. 1 Timothy 3, 4. The word rule indicates the exercise of governmental authority. There is a direct relationship between the leadership in the home and the leadership in the church. The home is the providing ground for the life and ministry of every man and every woman that's set under that man, not the pastor. And we got it perverted. The woman will go, won't even recognize her husband. I was counseling one woman when I was a chaplain. She said, I don't want to set up under him. I want to set up under my pastor. Well, no, you can't do that because this is your husband. That's what you picked. Oh, you done got spiritual now. But you was like that just like he was. So you got to give him grace like God gave you grace. When both parties, husband and wife, pull away from grace, here comes division. Here comes memories. And then it start piling up and start piling up. And then you just give up on the Holy Ghost because you're going to open up the door to a whole lot of demons. The word rule indicates the exercise of governmental authority. There is a direct relationship between leadership in the home and leadership in the church. The home is the providing ground for the life and ministry of every man. Let us face up to the one simple objective fact. If our religion does not work at home, pay close attention to this, it does not work, period. In heaven's name, let us not explore to the world something that does not work at home. The world hardly has enough strife and disharmony in it and needs no more. So if the past, if you men have your husband, you need to be in the word. You call yourself a Christian man. You, 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 your wife ain't no slave. Come over here and wash the dishes. To her like that, you're talking to yourself. When men are like this, they are ungodly. They don't know the word. They have not been sanctified by Christ. There's no spirit in them. The Holy Spirit told me, both husband and wife need this. Thank you, Lord. The Lord just told me just right where to go. 
This is what you need. Go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And when you hear this, you are always thinking this contrast to individual Christians, not marriage. But both of you need the fruits of the Spirit, both the husband and the wife. Both of you need to be operating in this. Because if you can use these gifts in the marriage, as also in the ministry, you will have great success. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the word of the Lord says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Most men don't have this fruit of the Spirit in they, when they're married. Most women don't either. You know why? Now, I got to say this because the Lord is telling me this is what happened to most Christians. They meet a girl, and they use the world way of dating. Have sex, move in with the person, come back with the boy, have sex, date them, Go party somewhere else. Go to another church. Oh, it's it's a lot of that going on. And when that seed starts to grow in, and you go marry somebody not dealing with that through some deliverance, both the husband and the, and the wife has opened up a door for devastation to your marriage. The Bible says, does the harlot lay with, with, with the holy man? No. No, it doesn't. Can salt water and fresh water work? So these fruits, most husband and wife don't even know about when they get married. And they hear it as it's just something for the church. It's for a marriage. It's for everybody. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, Faith, meekness, meekness will stop an argument. Long-suffering will stop an argument. That demon know how to, the wife know how to agitate her husband. That demon know how to agitate through the husband. Because now y'all got the familiar spirits that know everything about you and can put up whatever that can tick you because you never went through deliverance. You didn't talk about this when you was dating. You're supposed to date to understand the person biblically, but that's thrown away. It's in the bed. So fornication comes in. God is not there. The spirit of harlotry is there. And they that of Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lust. That lust never was removed before you got married. Now it's going to manifest. You married about six, seven months. You used to go to the script club, but she don't know that. That demon said, go on and go look at that thing. That's what the demon say. That's how the demon's telling these Christians who are voting Donald Trump, don't pay no attention to Pastor Emmett He's racist. Go ahead and vote for Donald Trump. That's what the demon's telling them. He hates Donald Trump. I hate evil. God says, Esau, I hate. <laughs> Trump, I hate. Go, go on, go, go. Don't listen to what he's saying. Go on and vote for Trump. Demon, go tell the husband, you'd have had an argument. Go get a cold beer like you had when you were single. Oh, all that stuff going on. And if he's not rooted in the word of God, he's going to go commit a sin. Or she will too. So now the devil got you going on the outside trying to find love when you have it with both of you and not recognizing that these are spiritual forces within you that you never had any deliverance 
for you said I do, and them demons join your marriage. I did not know this, brothers and sisters. I really wish that I would have known this. I have seen so many marriages be broken apart with born-again Christians. It really hurts me because we haven't been taught properly how to deal with this thing. The word restore is used in the New Testament for mindering, okay, or for perfecting human character. Thus, to restore a person means to lead him or her back to true repentance and to a full commitment to Christ Jesus and his way. This may involve disciplinary actions undertaken very gently. Paul here is not talking to the seriousness of sin that brings public disgrace to the congregation. Such sins may require temporary exposure from the fellowship before restoration is granted. See 1 Corinthians 5.11. The restoration Paul mentions does not reflect the restoration of leadership positions and teachers in the church, but in the husband to his wife. This is a mystery. Marriage is a mystery. Do you fast? together have both of you received any deliverance from the demons of lost we wear ourselves out with sex that's why the bible called christian fornicators a fornication that ain't for unbelievers that's for christians and by the time you get married you don't wore yourself out you done done everything under the sun and then you get them demons of perversion in you and you want to try this stuff on your wife Get the children out the room, okay? You want to do defile things to your wife with that lust spirit and subvert her, please you. Then that's when she needs to stop. If she's a holy woman, she's going to say, oh, no, we ain't doing that. Now, I can't go no further than that because I want to respect people. I'm very raw, but I can't get that raw, okay? I'm very outspoken. I don't hide nothing. I bring it. And this is really... What's causing problems in marriages? There's no deliverance in that marriage. Nothing about headship, submission, and you just jumped in it. And now you're in it. But now you're in it, you need to seek some deliverance. You really need to seek some deliverance because these spirits stay in the human body can cause havoc on the loved ones. Then in uh, Galatians 5, 24 says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lust. If that hasn't been crucified before y'all got married, that's lust spirits in both of you. Oh, and have mercy, Jesus. If any of you who are married need some deliverance, I have an apostle, Candace Durden, or I have evangelist Janice Taylor. I all I let females deal with female sin, the sins. I never talk to a woman about sexual sins one-on-one. That ain't never going to happen to me. I always have either Sister Durden or Evangelist Janet Taylor or Sister Deborah Marshall. I know three holy women, and I'll turn it over to them. If any man needs deliverance, because if any of you who have these things in you in your past sin, we all got secret sins, Psalms 90, verse 8. There's nothing new under the sun, okay? If there's molestation in there, uh, the perversion part, this is probably why it's flat up in the husband. This is why it is important to, when you date a person, not based on their looks, okay? 
but based on the heart that they have and seeing the love of Christ in them that can benefit both husband and wife because the outer shell is going to weigh out. What are you going to do when she's 50 or 60 years old? She may pick up some weight. Oh, you don't want her no more? See, we've been in an illusion with this, uh, this Barbie doll. That's not a woman. Although the Bible speaks of a fair woman, which is in, in the Bible. Abraham's wife was a very fair woman. She was a very attractive woman. But David looked at Delilah. They said she was a very beautiful woman. She was Ethiopian. I've seen Ethiopian women. They're beautiful. But I love Jamaican women. So, Jamaica! Amen. But all women are beautiful. And all men are made in his glory. Satan has a stronghold on Christians because of a lack of knowing what the responsibilities of the husband is, of lack of knowing what these things are. Before you got married, you just did it the traditional way. Christ in that relationship. Now, let's look at the Christian's family, wives and husbands. We're going to go with Titus 2, 5 with the wife, and then we're going with the husband, 1 Peter 3, 7. Give me a Bible. Remember, you got to give me a Bible on here. I'm a Bible man. I don't talk without that word. So none of you cannot say I said anything contrary to Scripture. Stonewall Jackson is a good man. <laughs> Foolishness. All right, give me Timmy. Give me, let's, let's get uh, Titus. Let's get Titus. And give me uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 5. Give me, give me Bible. Titus chapter 2, verse 5, King James Virgin. To be discreet, chasers, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husband. Uh-oh. That the word of God be not blasphemy. Okay. What is this here talking about blasphemy? Hmm. Well, let's go ahead and turn to Titus chapter 2, and let's really see what's going on here. Christian conduct, Christian doctrine and conduct. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Give me a Bible. But speak thou the things which becometh sound. I love the word. That the aged men older be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusations, not giving too much wine, getting drunk, teachers of good things that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. And I have met wives that do not love their husband. I met a wife. It Boy, it was really hurting. And this is when me and Sister Durden were lose on uh, College Park. We had a, that building was $900 a month. I had to get out, I got out of it. And the woman found us through the radio station. We had a lot of people coming in there. When live delivery started getting on air, six months, it started popping. God called us to do it, and we was doing it. And I saw her husband outside. 
and the man was just shaking, smoking. I said, I was in the Navy. I used to smoke Newport six packs a day. So I've been there. Because of my past sins, I was able to see what he was dealing with. Because I got very nervous when I got military. I dealt with some PTSD and had to get that demon out of me. But I was smoke stress. That dude smoking one, two, three. And I looked at him. I talked to her. So went through the questionnaire. And then the Lord told me, ask her, why don't she forgive her husband? She said, I'll never forgive him. I said, ma'am, you're holding up the ministry. You're holding up your marriage. How am I holding up my marriage? I said, you broke the chain. What What are you mad at him about? The man didn't commit adultery. As I got through listening to her, and as I began to hear the Holy Spirit, I saw what popped up in her, Jezebel. And he was through. And he came in just a shaking. So I counseled the minister brother. She said, I said, ma'am, I can't help you. You got to forgive. She said, I won't. She walked out. So I ministered to the man. I asked him, you need to go and counsel the Lord about this because this ain't even a believer here. And uh, I never heard back from him. I've seen this so many times, even as a hospital chaplain, so much disharmony with husband and wife. So much disharmony. If they would come to the Bible, study the word and see what the word says about family, and use the word as a guide and light to your life, you will be successful. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperance, sound in faith, you husbands, in charity, you husbands, and in peace, and you single men. The aged woman, older, likewise, that they may be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusation, accusing someone of something that they didn't do, being a busybody spirit. Oh, Lord, that's a powerful spirit. First Thessalonians 4.11, my dear children, present thyself away from all idols, First uh, John five twenty one, First uh, uh, Thessalonians four eleven, making an aberration, leading a quiet life, and tend to your own business and work of your own hands. If you are sober, not false accusations, or accu- uh, to accuse somebody, or judgment somebody, stay out of their business, you'll be okay. Not giving too much wine, teachers of good things. Now watch this, that they may teach their young to be sober to love their husband, to love their children, to be discreet, chasers, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. Now, if they're not obedient to their own husbands and the husband has the Christ-like spirit, he's gentle to you, he shows you compassion, he compromises with you to get along with you, how can two come together if they agree, and you are overriding that. And you kicking because you just want to be like that because of a stubborn, hardened heart. Acts seven fifty one, Second Chronicles thirty verse eight. Let me show you what will happen to you if the man is doing his job and you're not doing yours. To be discreet, chasers, keeping at home, keepers 
at home. This is Titus 2.5. Good. Obedience to their own husband, that the word of God be blasphemed. If you don't submit to your husband, and if your husband submitted to Christ, you are blaspheming the word of God. If your husband is whipping you and hitting you, you ain't got to hit it. You ain't got to go through that. You're not blaspheming God because God don't want nobody to act crazy like that. But if your husband have the characteristics of Christ and understand the mysteries of sacrificing his life for his wife, for his family, with humility, with no pride, with no arrogance, with humbleness, trying to communicate, making peace. And you go against that, you blaspheme the word of God. Young men, likewise, exhorted to be sober-minded. And in all things, show thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncontupidness, gratuity, and sinful, sound speech that can be condemned, that he, contrary part, may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answered again. Now let's go with the husband in First Peter chapter three verse seven. Let's deal with the husband. Give me a Bible, okay? Turn to your Bibles. First Peter chapter three verse seven, King James Version. Likewise, ye husbands, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. That's physical, not spiritual. When you see the weaker vessel, that don't mean she's weak spiritual. I know uh, Advantage Janice Thomas, uh, Advantage Janice Taylor, she's married. She's not weak. She loves her husband. She understands authority. They submit to each other. That's how marriage works. But when you see a weaker vessel, they're not weak. Weaker vessel, Apostle Durden, she's not a weaker vessel. That's being physically. And as being hairs together of the grace of life. See, grace is in time of need, Hebrews 4.16. Grace is equivalent with the marriage because it's God's love for us that he loved us so much that he gave his son for us, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, John 3.16, to die for us. That's love. That's the same love that the husband has to have for his wife. That's a mystery. And that takes fasting. That takes reading. That takes being knowledgeable of the word because none of us was taught this. I wasn't taught this. God knows I did not know this. I wish I would have known this before I even got married. You get these counseling sessions. What y'all counseling for? No, y'all need to start doing some demons. Get them demons out while y'all dating. If you see it's going to get further, and if you date a person, see what you have in common. Are you going to be if she likes chess? You don't like chess. Now, if you marry her, you're going to have to start learning how to play chess. She, You like hunting. She don't like it. She got to learn how to get out there in the woods with you. Because both of you want to make your life successful. If you don't want to go, then that's fine. If you don't want to play chess, or both of you agree, if you agree, you can make it. How two can come together unless they agree. Remember, Amos 3.3 is a very powerful scripture in the Bible because two people have to agree on anything in order to be successful. Now, I'm going to show you something for you men. You ain't going to like this, but... 
I got to do the Lord's Day. I'm a Bible man. Give me a Bible. Where's in the King James Bible that the husband's prayers is not answered in Peter? Give me 1 Peter 3, 10, 3 7. 1 Peter 3 7. If you're there, in 1 Peter 3 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell, W, I mean, D, 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 W, E, L, L, dwell with them according to knowledge. My people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 6, he's talking about you need to be dealing with your wife based on scriptures. And you cannot preach to your wife out of strife. That's in Philippians. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. How can a man's prayers be hindered if he's married to a woman? Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. If you don't dwell them according to the word of God, your prayers will be hindered. That's in the Bible. This is not hard. It don't take a rocket science to uh, understand these things. We're going to get ready and close with the book of Colossians, and we're going to pick back up uh, on Tuesday. Go to the book of Colossians. And we're going to read Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, verse 19, verse 20, verse 21, and verse 22. And we're going to close at this segment. Amen. We're talking about husband and wife, Colossians chapter 3. Give me a Bible. I'm a Bible man. Give me a Bible. Give me a Bible. Don't give me Trump. He's, he's, he's unsaved. Don't give me... Give me Bible. Okay, Colossians 3.18. Christian family. The Christian family. It didn't say nothing about the world. Now, if you're in the world, this ain't going to work for you. The Lord has said me that there are six unsaved people who will listen to me. I'm going to bring an altar call after I get through with this. So you can come into the life of Christ and both of y'all straighten your marriage out because both of y'all getting saved together your babies together you can give me a call at 678-701-3733 that's the public line that's not my private phone number at all i would have i had that one time and people start calling me all times of night and I, uh, I, uh, i'm human call on jesus like that not on a man or you can email me at over to maybe one at gmail.com the church, the Christian family, Colossians 3.18. Wives, submit yourself unto your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. That's something between you and the Lord. So if you don't want to submit to him, and if he has godly characteristics with the fruits of the peaceable spirit, then you would have to. Husband, love your wife and be not bitter against them. Look at this. Bitter against them. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about bitterness. For those who are not married, 
that's dealing with bitterness, I got something for you. Give me Bible. Hebrews 12.15, give me Bible. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Notice that grace, that the devil attacks grace, want to make you hate a person, want to make you turn against God, be bitter. That's not God. Husbands, love your wife and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things. But this is well pleasing. It said children, not grown, grown, grown up. When you're grown, you got a right to do wrong or right. I'm Roman Catholic. I love my mother, but boy, I came against some Catholicism spirits with her. I'm not Catholic no more. That brought me to where I'm at. And I ministered to her. She didn't want to hear it. I still loved her. I'm afraid of Mary. Well, I got out. God told me to come out of that. I thank the Lord that my mother gave me Catholicism. I honor that. But I led my mother to the, to the Lord before she left and my father. So I got peace with that. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. You see? Pay close attention to this, because this is what making your daughter go out with these thugs in the street or your sons go out here exploring things that he shouldn't be exploring because they're open to all types of things. They don't know wrong or right. It's up to you to give them guidance. Father, children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Listen to what you have to say. Servants obey in all things your masters. Now, this type of slavery was not with the white American European slavery. It was the most brutal form of slavery that was ever recorded. I read the manuals on when it, when Jews had slaves. They didn't, they didn't commit uh, sex and rape them and whoop them. But that Americans, uh, Caucasian slaves that brought over here, or Europeans in America, was the most vicious form of slavery that's ever been recorded on earth. I got a uh, Shabbat book from Jews, from a Jewish brother gave it to me. The Israelis never separated their families, but... The white American slave master, they were nothing but the devil in that. And it was run with minority uh, Baptists. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with our service as men pleases, but in the singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do in whole heart as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that the Lord shall, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord. But he that does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of person in your marriage. I hope this has been a blessing to you. We will pick back up with marriage part three on Tuesday. Wednesday, I will go back with Leviathan. Job 41. I have enjoyed my day to day. And I enjoy what I do. I love the Bible. I love to fight. I, I, I love what I do. It's an honor to fight the demonic demon of racism. It's an honor. I've seen this thing rise up my whole childhood. So that's why it means a lot to me. Racism is a demonic spirit. Brothers and sisters, wherever you're at, if you're married, apply these principles. Now, for those who are married who's not saved, I want to ask you, and those who are saved that's married, both of you rededicate your life and 
if you want to seek deliverance and counseling, we have it here. If a husband and wife contact me, I will not deal with the wife. Mm -mm. I get word of knowledge uh, with Sister Durden, and then I'll turn her over to the to this woman because I don't need to know the wife's sexual sins. I respect a man's honor and his his family and his bed. You can email us at obersnavy1 at gmail.com. I hope this isn't a blessing. I hope you don't get mad at me with them demons. Now, if you guys get mad at what I'm saying on the radio, some demons getting you. You'll be getting mad, especially the public state walkers. Oh, they, they, them demons, I, I, I know what I'm firing them demons up because I get the negative feedback and telephone calls. I'm fighting racism. I'm fighting evil. I'm teaching deliverance. I'm teaching how you should love your husband and wife no matter what color. God don't care about no color. Racism is a demonic spirit. God is love. God created us in his image. Satan does the things of man. For you husband and for you wives that is not saved, and for you wives and husbands who saved, who's been operating in the flesh with each other, let's repent. Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus. Ask that you forgive me for all my sins, known and unknown. According to Romans 10, 9, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart, thou shalt be saved. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, and be the Savior of my life. If you're, if you're single, you can do this. If you're married, you can do this. If you're in the hospital, you can do this. Wherever you're at, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered, Joel 2.32. I ask that you come in and repair my marriage. For those who haven't been married, I ask that you teach me the mysteries and the revelation of marriage in your word so that I'll be prepared for my helpmate. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Sow a seed. I have to trust in the Lord because I'll be hidden, hidden. And when I'm hidden, the Lord tells me hit. Ah, Jeremiah did not back down his mouth. Pastor Geno Jenkins, I support him 100,000%. Geno Jenkins, I support him 100,000%. I support Derek Prince 100,000%. Frank Hammond, Wayne C. Thompson. I don't support evil. I'm not a politician. I'm a deliverance minister. Go to www.livedeliverance.com and sow whatever you can. I will appreciate whatever you send. My trust is not in you, but my provider is the Lord God that used you. I thank you for listening. You can go to www.livedeliverance.com on the lower left hand of the icon on our uh, Facebook, uh, PayPal, on our uh, website. And it's PayPal at the bottom. I'm, I'm tired. I've been studying all day, so i got to get some rest. www.livedeliverance.com and go to your PayPal. Go where it says PayPal all the way down on the left-hand side of our website. Or you can go to www.livedeliverance.com and go to GoFundMe and so we'll see. God bless you. Shalom to you. Stay in the word. Let Christ be your Savior. Hate that which is evil. Understand the mysteries of Christ and your place in his kingdom. Good night.